And the reading is taken from Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Sorry, verses 1 to 17. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. Sorry, I muted myself. There we go. Be a very quick sermon, wouldn't it? There we go. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you that you encourage us to live it. Lord, thank you that it's for this world that you bring your word to. Lord, help us to understand a bit more today, today of who you are, uh, of why you matter so much to each of us, so that we can go out and live out that grace and that love and that joy in our workplaces, in our schools, on the golf course, wherever you send us, Lord. May we be missional, our people for you, we pray. Amen. As a church, we are continuing our series on thanks living. 
Uh, and it's a fantastic uh, word that Simon completely made up uh, in his uh, cleverness. Uh, and it's something that I may steal as we take to uh, St. Paul's Western. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, it's a fantastic word because it summarizes what we believe Paul was trying to do in this letter to the church uh, in Colossae. It's a letter that's full of instruction on how you and I should live lives that are full of grace and lives that are full of gratitude. Today I want to talk about how we are to be alive in Christ. How we are to be alive in Christ. If you've got the text with you, do have it open as we work through it together. Paul now is turning his attention uh, in chapter 3 to really spell it out. What does it mean to be truly human? Not just human, but truly human. How are we to be more like Jesus? Having explained in the previous chapters how freedom has been purchased by, uh, by Christ on the cross, Paul now starts to unpack for us how this church plant that he never went to, but a friend of his who wrote to him wanted his advice on, how this church plant in Colossae should now switch their concerns to those things which are above, not just below. You see, there was many news stories which were fake news in the time of Paul. There were many fake teachers who went out and kind of said, Jesus, yes, did this, but perhaps it was a bit more like this. It was a murky world in the early church. Paul wants us to know that Jesus is not the fake news, but he is the good news. He wants us to know that it's only through King Jesus that we can reach our full life in him, that we can become alive in Christ. Paul is desperately, in our text today, trying to correct and rebuke and put them back on the path that's heading in the right direction. Friends, the only means of reaching the things which are above are King's Cross. King's, King's Cross sorry, And I'm not talking about the station. It's because Jesus is not the fake news, but he is the good news. Yet, in our text today uh, that we have from Paul, I think we have to be careful how we read it. Paul is not offering you and me a way to check out, to ignore planet Earth. As we look up, we're not to look, uh, stop looking around at our neighborhoods and our places of work and the places of influence. Rather, in verse 2, it says, set your minds on the things that are above because it's an invitation to see and to challenge the ethical values within our society. As we look up, our feet should be firmly rooted and booted on this planet that Jesus died for and that Jesus will come back for. As disciples, I think we are to run towards culture not away from it, so that we may make it more like a Jesus culture. We must never forget that God chose to place his son as an innocent baby in a specific place, in a, spe in a specific time, intentionally, so that he could shape it and mold it 
and make it more like God. When I was being grilled, and it was a grilling, uh, you could smell the flesh burning uh, by others uh, to to, uh, be a priest uh, in the Church of England, many within the church said, why? Why the Church of England? It's a great question. Bethany and I had been worshipping in a fabulous, small, independent, charismatic church uh, for many years. So why the Church of England? If leadership is what I wanted, why not start there? Well, apart from my belief uh, that everyone really is a closet Anglican, they just don't know it yet, (laughs) the Church of England does two things brilliantly. It baptizes and it does communion, the two sacraments. It goes out to make disciples wherever they are, and it brings people back in to the Lord's table. We will gather around the Lord's table in a minute, and when we do, we do so. Remember, it's not Simon's table, it's not my table, it's the Lord's table. And he welcomes each and every one of you, however you come, as the Church of England seeks to renew the way and the whole of society as we follow the way of Jesus. Friends, there is no level and no part of society that is immune from the pain of broken relationships. All of us are hurting in some way. But the good news of our holy book is that the gospel goes everywhere. There is no place where Jesus does not want to be involved in and loving in and supporting in as he makes people alive in Christ. This is why Paul in our text today is encouraging us to live lives that are full of compassion, kindness, and gentleness. It's there in verses 12. And in verses 4, our new intimate union with Christ himself is what makes us hidden in Christ because we do it through Christ and by Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, so we can be more like Christ. And it's this action, an action of grace, not just words, but action too, that sends us out into society to make it more like Jesus. Tonight, Anya and Becca, sorry, Anya, I didn't warn you, did I? I should warn you, uh, are going to get baptized And it's a beautiful, monumental moment that will be the start of their lifelong journey as they follow Jesus into whatever this world throws at them. And in their baptism, Anya and Becca, uh, Becky, sorry, Becca? Becca, sorry, will start to shift their attentions from what is just earthly, what's just immediate, to the spheres above, to the heavenlies, to the face of God who turns his face to them. It won't be easy, but with this church, with you guys, with their friends, with those who are praying for them, and with God behind them, they are on to a winner. Baptism is beautiful because it starts to undo those things that make us slaves to fear. Over time, and it does take time, does it not? It starts to reset us on how we were always meant to be, that place where we stand right before God. 
where we stand as people who are full of holiness, who are peaceful, who are peaceful peacemakers, and who get to call ourselves because we know it in our hearts that we are the children of God. In verses 5, Paul's letter now shifts from the description of what our reality as Christians to what our behavior should look like. I don't know about you, friends, but when I read Paul's list, I feel unworthy. I lust. I'm greedy. I'm a work in progress. Paul here, yes, is naming the common moral challenges of his day, but do they not remain today here also? The brilliant named American evangelist Dwight Moody once wrote this, Christianity is one beggar telling another beggar where he or she found bread. Christianity is one beggar telling another beggar where he or she found bread. Mr. Moody, as I call him now and always will, reminds us that the meaning of baptism is not just spiritual, but it's decidedly social too. Just as the early Christians who were baptized removed their clothing before entering the water were reclothed afterwards with new clothes, the Colossians here in our text today are urged, and we also, to put on the behavior that's appropriate to their lives and to their new identity in Christ that they are living out of. Are you afraid this morning to leave the past behind? What work of grace do you know that God wants to start in you, but you know you need to trust him a bit more? There's a power, a resurrected grace, that will do and can do deal with the muck that each of us are carrying, and it's called the Holy Spirit. That's why we welcome it, that's why we love it, and that's why we need more of it. So how, how are we alive in Christ this week? It's in our baptism that we start a new life, a new life that's free from the crud that keeps us down. It's how we become hidden, because we know that in the fullness of time when Jesus returns, we will be revealed with him. The wonderful Paula Gooder, a contemporary theologian, in her book Easter, about Easter, called The Risen Existence, tells how in the middle of a meal, one of her daughters suddenly asked this very difficult theological question. Mummy... How does, how does Jesus make us real? Now, Paula has huge amounts of talent, uh, PhDs, you know, her, her books are phenomenal. But she was thrown by the question. And as she's, you know, stalling for time and thinking, well, how do I offer this back in a meaningful way? And how do I not, you know, get done for blasphemy? blasphemy? I can't say that word, can I? Anyway, we'll move on. How do I not slip up? Let's use that word. 
uh, her daughter answers, and she says this, does he first draw us and then color us in? Does he first draw us and color us in? This is a wonderful description of what is on offer in resurrected life. Friends, God is the artist. He is the artist who is coloring you and me in each and every day as we allow him to give us his gifts. So this week, how will you let God color you in? You see, to be a Christian is not to have it all sorted. If you have it all sorted, come and see me afterwards. I'd love to know what the trick is. But it's a life, is it not, of believing daily and trusting daily that God is for us, not against us. Being a Christian is not a certificate. We won't give you one this afternoon, I don't think, this evening. But it's the free acceptance that your Heavenly Father has turned his face towards you and that he runs towards you each and every day. Sisters and brothers, I think Paul wants us to know today that we have to let the Holy Spirit do the Holy Spirit's work. God is not interested in transactions. He's only interested in transformations. We can't purchase it. It's a gift. We simply recognize, do we not, that we can't do it on our own. We need some help. Many of you will know uh, Kev, the chap who sells the big issue uh, outside Tesco's on the high street. Last year, we were getting to know each other, and we started to sh uh, share some jokes, uh, which are not repeatable here. And as we were sharing our jokes, uh, he uh, said to me this, this very odd line, and it threw me. He looked at me and he said, you are not one of those, oh, you are, sorry, you are one of those new vicars. You're not like the other ones. You are one of those new vicars. What does Kev mean here? I hope that this is what he meant. As he looks at me and you, I hope he saw a love and an acceptance which the world could not give. I hope he realized that God has turned his face to him and sees him and wants to know him more. Today is my last Sunday here at Christchurch. And before I go, I want to leave you with these three words. They're not going to become a book, as Simon suggested. Those three words are these. Dream, believe, and go. Friends, keep dreaming. Keep being a church that is convinced that when you creatively plan and adapt, that you will be the change makers that this world desperately needs. That as you run to society, you will have the answers that others don't have because you're plugged in to the God who wants to answer and wants to let the world know that they are loved. We need dreamers, do we not, from Winchester and from across the country who are happy to discover what God has for them and are happy to find out the creative solutions for the world and for the planet. Believe. Stay close to Jesus. 
If you get too far away from him, it gets a bit lonely. Life gets a bit tough. Come closer. Draw closer. Be gentle with one another because all of us are hurting in our own way. But believe, believe that in this post-pandemic world, we can remain and we should remain the church without walls. We must not reopen our old ways looking backwards, but we must reopen looking forwards and looking how do we offer this gift of faith, what you and I have, to the next generation who need it as well. And finally, go. Go and continue to open your eyes to the world around you. Be aware that Jesus is probably already there before you get there. Jesus is heading home. He's heading home to this earth. So get busy. Get busy being plugged into society and making it a Jesus-centered one. What does that look like? Well, if we do it right, if we do it half-decent, if we give it some of our best, some of our energy, it will be a society that's full of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So dream, believe, and go. Over to you.